Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Joel Coleman of the Starkville Daily News, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman here with you on a... Thursday morning. Had to think about that for a second. It actually is Thursday morning as we're recording yeah, this. Don't have to worry about doing it the day ahead of time. Yeah. Of day. I, well, it, sort, it still sort of is, but you yeah, know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, it's still kind of Wednesday until you go to sleep. That's when the day changes. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll be doing that hopefully uh, very, soon. very soon. I uh, want to thank you guys for tuning in at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you're getting podcasts from. We appreciate our listeners, especially the uh, servicemen and women. Out there, and also want to thank the uh, the few uh, Thunder Lightning fans who saw us uh, up in South Haven on uh, Wednesday night and, and spoke to us and said they enjoyed the podcast. We really, really appreciate it. You guys uh, hitting us up, we we love it. I want to thank our sponsor, Strange Brew Coffee, has and Turn Spoon Ice Cream. You know, if if we had a bunch of stuff to write right now, we might have to go get some Strange Brew Coffee. But as such, I'm going to wait till tomorrow get Strange Brew Coffee. Yeah, and write a bunch of stuff because I feel like that's going to be happening tomorrow. But yeah. we'll talk about that in just a minute. Uh, and of course, Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. And of course, you, I think you can get the best of both worlds over there at the new location on University Drive, open 5 a.m. to midnight. Uh, you can go check them out. I think I, I was told they have ice cream there. I haven't been by to check that out, so we need to find out for sure. But they've got two locations now here in Starville to take care of you, so make sure you're doing that. Also, want to thank our friends over at College Corner. Speaking of two locations, they've got two of those in the Capital City area, uh, down there in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet or over at the Half Shell. Uh, in, in Flowood, they've got you taken care of. Or you can just shop online at collegecornerstore.com. When you come to Starville, you don't want to worry about waiting in line. You want to be able to go do the things you want to do. Go to the games. Go see your friends. Go to the restaurants and, and businesses here in town. But you don't, want to, you don't want to have to wait in line for merchandise. Have that stuff on your body when you get here. And you can do that when you shop at College Corner. Joel T., the breaking news of the coaching search on a Wednesday was there was no breaking news of any kind. I think it was very much in a holding pattern. The calm before the storm. I, I think you, you might be right about that. A lot of, lot of people getting upset about this coaching search. And just correct me if I'm wrong. I, need to, I guess I need to look here. I need to, I need to know the exact date. But Matt Luke was fired on the Sunday after the uh, – that's correct. The Egg Bowl. Yes. Correct. So that would have been the twenty. Oh, been the December the first. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. My birthday was on the Saturday. Yeah. Lane Kiffin hired on December seventh, which was the Saturday. Would have been a Saturday, yeah. right? That was when Ole Miss released the graphic. I can remember because I was in Birmingham for my nephew's right. dedication, and it was on the Saturday night as we were in Birmingham that that Ole Miss released the graphic. So that six Lane days, was officially right? Hired. Yeah. And yet here we are, we're four days in, and people are losing their minds. They're just losing. Well, people are just impatient. Is but a, why are they so impatient? Yes. The, 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 si- the, the signing class is in the boat. It's not yeah. like you need to bring what, somebody what in. Is, to, what's the rush? And, and, you know, here's the thing. What We talked about uh, a few weeks ago with, with this upcoming signing day. I mean, here's the thing. Rufus Harvey, you could call him on the morning of signing day. Come to Mississippi State. He's signing He's coming to Mississippi State. We talked about grad transfers. 
Well, they don't have to come in on that day. So there's no rush for anything. It seems like the rush would be to get the right candidate. Yeah, I, I think maybe part of the impatience has to do with uh, maybe something that I've said here on the show, and I think a lot of people kind of think this way. It's that to make a move like you did, firing Moorhead after the bowl game, it kind of indicates that if you're firing him then, you know who his replacement is. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like probably a lot of folks, and myself included, I kind of felt like for them to be firing Joe when they fired Joe, that they likely had a replacement, I don't want to say locked down, but had a good idea who the replacement was. And apparently that was not the case, and they were just at a point with Joe where they thought, we've got to fire Joe, and this is a legitimate you know, search. They, they didn't have Billy Napier in the boat when they fired Joe Moore. They didn't have... You know, Sarkeesian or Grantham or, you know, Joe Judge or whoever. Right. They, they did not have them signed, sealed, and delivered before firing Joe Moorhead. They just fired Joe Moorhead and they're like, we'll find a guy. And, uh, so Which all I, that shows you is that firing Joe Moorhead was the most important thing. Yeah. That had that, to happen. In, in their opinion, that they had, they had to part ways. Agreed. And then I think what John Cohen went into this process was knowing that he had guys who were interested. He had enough people that he knew he could go out and find a guy. That it wasn't a situation where he's like, I'm going to fire this guy, but I'm not really sure I'm going to be able to get a quality candidate. He felt like, I have quality candidates. Let me go talk to them. And and I, it, Look, this, 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 this thing has been labeled a disaster by some, embarrassing by some. We, we talked about this yesterday a little bit, so I don't want to beat a dead horse too much. But again, if State winds up with the offensive coordinator from Alabama that's been a head coach at the D1 level at at some huge programs, USC, Washington, whatever, if that's who they end up with, or even if it's, and we can talk about rumors, whatever you want, if it's Mike Leach even, I don't know how well Mike Leach fits in Mississippi State, but that's a name. You know, that's a name that's won some, you know, that's, it's not like, again, it's not like the basketball hire when you got rid of Stansberry and you ended up with third guy on Clemson's bench running your team. I mean, right. it is not the absolute train wreck that it's pain, pointed, you know, pointed out to be. Wait and see who the hire is. And if the hire is some, you know, special teams analyst at Timbuktu U, right. then you can call it an embarrassment or a train wreck. Right. But, uh, again, I'll go back to the word that I think we were – if we didn't say it, we were – I think that the word that state fans should probably – would do well if they would imprint it upon their hearts is patience. Yeah. <laughs> like, just wait and see. And by the time you listen to this, again, you may know. I could very easily see us waking up on Thursday morning and not long after knowing who the coach is. I'm not reporting that that's going to happen, but it's at that juncture now where – I think everybody's pretty confident that the finish line's in sight. You know, the more I've thought about Sarkeesian, and that's the guy, I, I do think it's going to be Sarkeesian. If I had to guess today. Yes. Yeah, I think that we're going to learn something. I think it's going to happen tomorrow. Uh, and that's not based on any uh, any educated guesses. or, or Tomorrow meaning inside, Thursday. Yeah, inside knowledge yes. that I have. Yeah, Thursday. It's just what I feel at this point. I feel like that's where, he's, that's, that's where it's headed. Sarkeesian's resume is so much better than Dan Mullen's resume. Now, that is not to say that he's going to get anywhere near the success that Dan Mullen had. 
But simply from a resume standpoint. Coming in, it's better. Coming in, it's yes. just better. The guy has been a Power 5 head coach at two good programs. This isn't a guy, he, well, it's not like he, he coached at Rutgers and uh, and Illinois. Yeah, and the only, two, the only two non-bowl, is it six or seven? I can't remember if it's six or seven. The only two non-six or seven win seasons that he coached. His first year at Washington. His first one, when they, he inherited an 0-12 team, 12. right? Yeah. And had, his had last no bowl game in seven years at that point. Yeah, and his last one USC when he had to finish, when he was, they finished three yeah, and two. Three and two. Or he was three and two when they left. Yes. I don't know. I don't know how that team finished on top either. of my head. He won nine games his first year there. And then he was a, a, a he's been the offensive coordinator for the top program in the country. He's been an offensive coordinator in the NFL. The guy the guy's been fine. His resume is great. That said, his NFL offensive coordinator experience wasn't, wasn't great. great. Wasn't but, great. But he's, but, he's, I mean, he's in had fairness, that in fairness, he was with the Falcons and they don't have any good players. <laughs> Yeah, they have a, they have the worst quarterback maybe in the in the NFL. Who else could blow a twenty eight to three lead? Is it the Atlanta Falcons? Um, Shout out to Brooks Ma- Roberts. Ma- oh, yeah. Brooks, if you're listening, I remember what the hurtful things you said on Sunday. I just remember those. Uh, <laughs> I, I you know his resume is fine. This is a guy that like I like I said, if you just take names out of the equation and then you say Mississippi State's getting the offensive coordinator at Alabama. People are, should be excited about that. Yeah. Now, if he, if, and you know, I have to assume, I have to make the assumption that John Cohen has, if he hires this man, feels that his personal problems aren't a personal problem anymore, that he's got those, those demons under control. And if that's the case, you've got a 45 year old coach who's been to five bowl games as a head coach at two good programs and is known as a good recruiter. You know, I've seen a lot of well. He had Alabama's players. Well, Dan Mullen had Florida's players at Alabama, at Florida. You know, nobody is checking him off the the list there because he got to coach Tim Tebow and Percy Harvin and Aaron Hernandez and and all those guys down there. You know, so yeah, we we talked about it with, with Shoop. You know, it's it's yeah, it's great to have talented players, but that doesn't mean that anybody can just show up and be successful with them. You know, bad coaches will 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 make good players look bad. That offense for Alabama's offense was never a problem for it this year. And even when Tua went down, they still put up a ton of points on people. So, you know, and Sarkeesian gets gets some credit for that. So I, if 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 it is Sarkeesian, and here's I think it's down to I really think it's down to two guys. I think it's down to Sarkeesian. I think Napier is still sort of on the periphery, but it's he is I don't think Napier wants the job. I think if Napier wanted the job, he could have it already. He's had plenty of chances to get the job. He would have it already. He would have he would have been named Tuesday morning. You know, I think I think it, originally it was Napier. Unless this is just some hardball to get more money or something, right? Which at this point is is it's you're you're wasting time at this point. You know how much more money is are we talking about? Yeah. You know, I think it was it was Napier. I think they were blown away by Judge, and they decided let's let's make the push for him. And then the Giants got him out from underneath him, which you can't again. You cannot put anything on John Cohen. You can't call anything embarrassing when the guy you were going to hire got an NFL job. Yeah. Yeah, and not not he's not he's not going to the NFL to be a wide receivers yeah. coach or something. He is the head coach of the New York Giants. Yeah, and, and continuing to handicap the field here. Uh, shout out twenty four seven Steve Robertson. Um, all, all that holding. I, I won't get into his report and things. Y'all, you know he pay money for that. But uh, what? Oh, nothing. Continue. I was, I was just going to say it sounds like Todd Grantham's out. It does. It does. Um, it feels like he's out. Um, just, just you know, and that's another guy that if he wanted to be the head coach and Mississippi State wanted him to be the head coach, yeah. 
He'd be the head coach today. He's either out or just like they're stealth negotiating <laughs> because it appears as though there's no contact there, at least recently. So, right. So, uh, yeah, if Grantham's out, we obviously know Judge is out. It seems like Napier's out. Um, I mean, that, that leaves Sarkeesian. That leaves the... I guess the pirate Mike Leach is still in the running. Yeah, that that name has popped up today. Uh, and then from those two, it goes to is it somebody that we're not talking about? And I mean that's it right now, right? Right. It would it's, have to be it, a total dark horse that nobody. It's Sarkeesian. It's Leach, or it's somebody. It feels like it's Sarkeesian. It just feels it like does. that's what's that's, that's where that's that makes the most sense at this point. It's a good hire. So I put I talked to some friends today about I was like I laid out everything I was like this is a guy you know when you look at his resume it makes a lot of sense he's yeah, that, that's a good you know for for Mississippi State to be able to get a coach of that caliber they're going to have to have some baggage the comparison I made was to Jackie Sherrill in terms of Jackie's resume prior to coming to Mississippi State was not a resume that Mississippi State could get a successful Power Five head or not Power Five at that time but a successful head coach at a top program. Mississippi State can't get that coach unless there's some baggage. There was some baggage with Jackie. And they got him, and what did you have? You had an era of unprecedented success. And it ended badly, but the first nine years of his career are as good as MSU's ever had it. Sarkeesian's the same way. If I had told you, you know, five years ago, yeah, we're going to, you know, blah, 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 but State's going to hire a guy who was the head coach at Washington and USC, and then he was the offensive coordinator at Alabama. Well, you're not going to buy that. You're going to say, that's not possible for MSU to get a coach like that. But because there's some baggage, it is possible. Yeah, I, I, I am. I'm on board with a Sarkeesian hire. I think that will be a good hire for Mississippi State. I think that he. I can, think it'll depend a little bit who he surround himself with. But that's but, true. But that's everybody. true for anybody. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's true for everybody. And here's the thing: you say it's it depends on who you surround yourself with. Well, Damon surrounded himself with with his friends, Knox, Hevesy, Gonzalez, and Silich. Those are just his bros. And he hired them, and they never really went out and did much. You know, not not state got good running backs, but state always gets a good running backs. It's not a huge deal. Um, they never got top flight wide receivers. They never got top flight offensive linemen until those guys were gone. So, you know, does it really matter who who, who you bring in? Sometimes, I don't know. You know, they just got to be. Good it feels enough. like it does, and I think it does. It does matter, but I, I think that state. Mississippi State relies so heavily upon the Mississippi kids, mm-hmm. and so you almost built in have a fifty-fifty shot anyway. Yeah, you're, you're going to get you're going to get a good number of those <laughs> with kids. the elite pr- prospects. You, they're probably either going to state or Ole Miss anyway, and so yeah, you, you kind of got a shot even if the, the guys that surround whoever aren't the greatest. Um, you would prefer them to be really good recruiters, though. Obviously, um, do you? Do you feel like – I don't think the answer to this question is yes, but is this getting delayed back further and further? Is there any chance John Cohen is, is waiting after the national championship game so maybe he can talk to Joe Brady or something? No. I don't think that at all. Because I don't think so either, but yeah, I, we're, I we're, we're now getting later in the week, you know, so yeah. it, it at least is, is something that has crossed people's minds. And, yeah. and I, I don't think it either, but – I do want to do th- one more football thing here. We're going to answer one rumblings question. Okay. It was going to be yesterday's first question. And uh, it got me looking at it. And the person was asking me why I was so down on 2020 
when state is advertising three straight top 25 classes. I forget who, who asked it. If you did ask it, I'm sorry. I don't remember your name. And I don't feel like going back to look for it through two days worth of mentions. But <laughs> Thank so, you for the question. Thank you for the question, yeah. So it got me, got me thinking about it. So state's 2017 class, which is not included in this, right? But it was tw- ranked 24th in the nation. Um, I want you to listen to this class. This is, should be your true seniors and your redshirt juniors, right? It should be the bulk of your depth chart. You ready? Mm-hmm. Willie Gay, gone. Keaton, don't know. Future's up in the air. Kylan Hill, as of this moment, gone. Chauncey Rivers, gone. Jonathan Abram, gone. Deion Pope, gone. Lee Autry, gone. Tommy Champion, gone. Brian Cole, gone. Tyler Dunning, gone. Just transferred out. Aaron Odom, still here. First player that's still here, other than Keaton. Montez Sweat, gone. Austin Williams, he's still here. Tyler Williams, still here. Tyree Phillips is gone. Landry Gidry's here. He's never contributed anything. Jaquarius Landry is gone. Cordavian Suggs is here. He's never contributed. James Jackson, never contributed. Tucker Day, He's still here. Powers Warren, he's here. He's never contributed. And then you signed four guys that never made it to campus. Noel Ellis, Josh Cooper, Montrevious Richardson, Jaquavius Collins. Of this class, which should be the bulk of your depth chart, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of your 25 signees are still here. And there's not a star among them. Not one guy. There's not a, is there a guy in there I could say, yeah, he could be all SEC next year? <laughs> no. No chance. And then you look, let's look at the, you know, I didn't look at, I, just 2017 caught my eye enough that I wanted to talk about this. 2017, which by the way, I don't know why they say it's top 25 classes, ranked 27th according to 24-7's uh, composite. Maybe it's 27, 20, top 25 on the 24-7 rankings. Yeah, or some other. Here we go something. though, you ready? Yeah. Devontae Jason, he's gone. gone. Dollar Bill has not contributed yet. I think he will. Jaden Crumity, this, by the way, this, this should be your true juniors and redshirt sophomores. Jaden Crumity, going to be a player for MSU. Gidry is gone. Jalen Maiden has done nothing. Marcus Murphy, be a contributor. Fabian Lovett, going to be a starter. Aaron Brule, probably a starter next year. So you're getting better here. Jaquarius Spivey should be a contributor next year. Nathaniel Watson should be a contributor. Asias Verge, no. Jalen Reed, no. Sean Preston, maybe a starter. Jet Johnson, hasn't done anything yet. I don't know. Devon Robinson, not going to be, be a contributor. Cameron Jones, not going to be playing very much. Cameron Young, he got injured this year, but I don't know how good he's going to be. Brad Cumbus, I, I think he'll be in baseball by at this point next year. Uh, Cameron Gardner is not that good. Not going to play a lot. Shamar Kilby Lane didn't do anything. Malik Heath signed that year, but he's just now getting here. John Coise, John Coise Patterson uh, did not make it to Mississippi State, and LaDamian Webb didn't make it to Mississippi State. So, again, you signed 23 guys. I mean, how many of those guys, again, if I say potential all-SEC guys, I mean, I mean Crumity yeah, and Lovett. Could, I was going to say Lovett. But we're talking about at defensive tackle in the SEC. Yeah. So Marcus Murphy is probably the best of that bunch. You know? Yeah. And that's a guy, you know, that he's only he only played four games this year, five games. So that's why. You really want me to do 2019? Sure, I'll be happy to. 2019 class. Now these are your freshman, sophomore. true sophomore redshirt freshmen. This is a better-looking group. Charles Cross, has yeah. he redshirted, but you got to expect high things. Nathan Pickering is, is going to be a star. DeMonte Russell looks like he's going to be a good player. Jerrion Jones is going to be a star. Garrett Trader is going to be a star. King Ani, if he's healthy this year, can probably contribute. Brandon Cunningham, a lot of people like him. Don't know that much about him. Fred Peters is back for his senior season. He'll probably start. LaQuinston Sharp, probably going to be a starter next year. Colin Duncan was a good reserve for MSU this year. We'll see what happens. Javante Payton, probably going to start. 
Kareem Walker, we'll see Who what knows? happens. Quentin Torber, I don't have a whole lot for Quentin Torber because as bad as State was at receiver this year, he couldn't break through and, and get a new playing time. I don't know what's going to happen with J.P. Purvis following that accident. You know, Hopefully he'll be back, but I don't know. Nick Penley, I think he's going to play a good bit this year. Lee Witherspoon's going to play. Keziah Pruitt, I don't know. Martin Emerson's a good player. Jack, Lor- Jack Harris, well, he'll be he'll be on the depth chart at some point. Dylan Lawrence, I don't know. Brevin Jones, I don't know. And then, yeah, a bunch of transfers, obviously. Uh, Corliss Waitman didn't make it to school. Tommy Stevens is gone. Isaiah Zuber is gone. Malik Sanders is just a walk-on. Um, and then you have Cole Smith, who's probably going to start this year, the transfer from LSU. Yeah. And Alan Love, the transfer from Louisville, will be on the depth chart. So your 2019 class looks is pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Who put that class together, by the way? That's Joe Moorhead's class. Dan Mullen's two last classes. Don't want to bang on Mullen too much here because he obviously won a lot. But those last two classes are trash. They are really bad. The, the 17 class is one of the worst classes you'll ever see. Yeah, it's It was I, great for the Juco guys. You got those guys and they won. But it's destroyed you for the future. All, almost all of the high school guys in that class have not contributed. It's one of those deals where like, if you look back at the – what was Dak's class? The, the eleven class, yeah, like it was not rated that highly. And it ended up but being if you fantastic. like, if you like, post rated it, it if would you could be... <laughs> post rate that class. It might be like a top two or three class it, in the country. And like in this you're is, you're gonna make me look at it now. Yeah, this is one of those deals where uh, it's the exact reverse of that. Signed probably. one four star guy in that class, and he didn't contribute. And it's D. Arrington. Yeah, get injured. Joe Morrow didn't do much. P.J. Jones was a, what a four year starter. Yeah. James Maiden didn't do much, and then here we go. Dak Prescott, Josh Robinson. Rufus Warren was a starter. Bernardrick McKinney, low three-star. Darius Slay, low three-star. Kendrick Market was a three-year starter. Tavest Calhoun, three-year starter. Justin Malone, three-year starter. Preston Smith is an all-pro. Wow. I Just mean, listen to those names. Yeah. Justin Cox, uh, that was his high school year, so he wouldn't have counted. But, yeah, I mean, they, they just they hit on so many underrated guys there. Yeah. So he, the, that, that 17 class didn't hit on any of the underrated guys. Yeah. And then the 18 class isn't off to a good start for that. So, yeah. why do I think they're not going to be very good next year? That's why. Yeah. Because yeah. The, 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 they don't have any juniors or seniors that make me think they're going to be all SEC players. Yeah. It, if, it, I, if I fill out your, my, my bracket in preseason for the all SEC team and I don't put one guy from your team on it, I, how yeah. can I think you're going to be very yeah. good? Yeah. And there's a lot of guys in this 20 class, whether it's Jaquavius Marks or whoever, Tulu, whoever, that could be really good. But if you're banking on true freshmen saving your Not high, good. Yeah. Not good. All right. Let's switch gears and let's talk basketball. And obviously, Joel and I didn't watch the game because we were uh, we were in South Haven at AEW. Uh, but we saw the final score. Bulldogs fall 90-69 to to Alabama. Uh, we talked to Ben Hallett about trying to control that Alabama tempo. It, it looks from the, set, the looks of it. They did a very poor job of that. I don't. I guess we have the stats here. Where they've been emailed to us. I know that three Bulldogs fouled out in the game, including Reggie Perry with seven minutes to go. With state down, uh, I think twelve points at that at that juncture. Nick Weatherspoon fouled out, and then uh, as did uh, Iverson Molinar. Yeah, I, I was reading some of Howland's quotes on the way home from uh, yeah from South Haven, and it's it sounded like he uh, he, he talked a little bit about um, Alabama really having some success and transition and things. Didn't Pearl talk about that too, saying basically that state's going to have some trouble. If, I'd have to go back and listen to Bruce Pearl again on yeah. Saturday, but I, I want to say he said that this year that state in the half court's okay, but like state in transition, which is, is incredible not. when you think about the athletes that state has. This team is way better than the sum of its parts, or the the whole of its part of it, the, than the sum. They have good players, but they are playing very very poorly. Another bad night for Tyson Carter. 
four of 16 from the field. And as we've said here, if he shoots like that and, and he's you're, having he's seven, eight-point nights, it, yeah, you're going to struggle to win games. Yeah. Um, Perry, you know, 14 points, only five rebounds for him. Woodard with 14 and nine. State was out-rebounded in this game by Alabama, and they're not a great rebounding team. Um, State shoots 26 of 69, 37%. Four of 15 from behind the arc. State struggled defensively in the, on the perimeter again. Uh, when Alabama, yeah, 10 of 24, yeah. 42% from the – and they, Alabama shot 40, 50% for the game, basically, 49%. Yep. Just really poor, really poor. And now this team is 9-5. and five. They travel to LSU on Saturday. That's going to be a tough game for them, a game that – I, I don't know. Alex, I don't know any of the other basketball scores, so it's not a must win, but it's a really got to at nine. Re- and really, six. really needed. Here, here's what we you have to sort of extrapolate things. The team will be if they lose on Saturday, they're nine and six, and they're zero and three in the conference. We said that they needed a twenty wins. So assuming they don't beat Oklahoma, because that's going to be a tough win, you know, tough game to win on the road, right? Yeah, they have to go eleven and seven in conference. They have to go eleven and four the rest of the way in conference play. They have to win 11 of their next 15 games. Playing the way they're playing right now, yeah. that is not going to happen. Yeah. 11 and 4. Well, that includes the Oklahoma game, right? Didn't you? No, say it would not. They would be 11, 11 and 7 and in conference play. Yeah. Okay. I, I then, don't know. I'm bad. It, 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 long I, night. I'm right. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm okay. right. Okay. So <laughs> this team right now, if, if I, or you, you draw up an early bracketology, they're not in. Yeah. They're not in. And they're not playing it at, in a way. That, that, that makes you think they're going to get in. This is a team that has its best NBA prospect in 20 years. You know, two guys who have played a ton of games starting in the backcourt. Robert Woodard is a very talented, talented sophomore. And a guy in a do who doesn't get you a lot of points, but he, he can block shots. Yeah, you know, he had two blocks last night. He had eight, eight rebounds. He can do some things for you down there. From the bench, you know, they, got, they didn't get very much once again. They got nine, seven points out of Molinar. Two points out of Stewart. Uh, Keyshawn Fasel didn't score, but he gave you three rebounds at least. <sighs> are we are we going to do another coaching search here? Are we going to have a coach search to talk about in April? Here's here's. I'm not convinced that we're not, but let me let me play devil's advocate as I do sometimes on this show with you. You have been known to do it. Yeah, the first two years of Howland, you couldn't have reasonably expected him to make the tournament. Correct. Uh, I don't know if you could have expected it in year three. I Maybe felt, I felt like that team should have been better than it was. Okay, and they 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 weren't on the bubble. They should have been at least on the bubble. So, I almost give him a little bit of a pass for the first two years at least. Mm-hmm. And uh, third, I mean, they they got in the NIT. You saw progress. Fourth, they're in the tournament. Uh, and so things seem to be trending upward in the in the right direction. And at the end of the day here in conference play, you can't be upset that they lost to an undefeated Auburn team that was in the Final Four last year. It's a really good team. Yeah. I mean, had they won tonight, which they didn't, but had they won tonight, you kind of feel like it's reset a little bit. Yeah. So, so really, the, the ill feelings towards this team right now mm-hmm. – or more so just on this one game. Because right. ha- had they just won this one game, you're one and one, you're, you you feel like okay, everything's okay. I sort of bit. agree with you. I don't know that I don't 100% agree with you. 
Because, I mean, they lost those two non-conference games. Yeah, I'm not counting the Villanova loss. That's, yeah, the New Mexico... Uh, New Mexico loss is a bad terrible. loss. Terrible. And it just the way they play doesn't make sense for the talent they have. Now, maybe it's because he just doesn't trust his bench enough that Howland doesn't want to run up and down the court. But it feels like with this team's athletes, they should be playing a much faster tempo. They should be playing sort of the way Alabama does. Not Maybe not taking as many three-point shots. Have they played worse since Nick Weatherspoon's been back? Yes. Somehow that is the case. And wasn't that the case last year, too, when Nick, those last ten games, was gone? Didn't Lamar have some big games? And, and Tyson and, played better, And yeah. Tyson played better. Like, I'm not blaming this on Nick. Don't take this as a Joel hates Nick Weatherspoon thing. But he's, how not, is he, he's not from Houston, Mississippi. Yeah. <laughs> how is the team worse when he's on the floor? I, that that uh, that's doesn't what, make that's any sense me, yeah. to me. Because we talked about it. We said, look, when he gets back, I mean, at the very least, you're getting an extra 10 he, points he should, game. he should bring more energy and bring better defense. And, but you're not getting and, that at and, all. And you allow Tyson to rest more. Maybe Tyson plays better when his legs are tired. I don't know. Because it seems like since Nick's been back, Tyson's been worse. Yeah. Um, I, I don't. It, nothing makes logical sense looking right. at this team. Right. This is going to be a very interesting next couple of weeks for Mississippi State basketball. They're either going to have to pull off they, – they, they're going to have to pull off a winning streak. They're going to need to win five or six games in a row to put themselves back into tournament contention. Other than that, they're just not going to make it. Yeah. And then you're going to be looking at Howland saying, okay, you've been to the tournament once in uh, in six seasons. Or is it five, five, five seasons? Six seasons. Three, four. This is his fifth. Fifth year. And then you're going to lose Perry, and you're going to lose Tyson. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where this team's headed, but it's it's this is not a prompt. This is not the promising start you hope for for conference play. You, I knew it was going to be a little tough, you know, with two of your first three on the road and the one home game was against the undefeated Auburn yeah. team. But the, what's killing them right now? You, you said is the, the, this loss tonight? It's it's the two non-conference losses that are killing them. If they were zero two in the conference, but they were eleven and three overall, you'd feel a lot better. Yeah, I guess you're right there. But but still, even with the, the two ugly non conference losses, had they won tonight and you're sitting there at one and one, then you can draw out that path to what do we say, ten and eight in the yeah. conference. You can draw that path out a little bit cleaner than uh than now. You started this whole thing out asking me, do I did I think Cohen would be doing another coaching search after basketball State? My gut instinct is no. Yeah. I e- even if they miss the tournament my first instinct is is he will not fire Howland. Do you feel the same way? <sighs> and, and, not. And, and part of it may just be you don't <laughs> I don't you don't make decisions like this if you're a, a good AD or whatever. So maybe this doesn't play into it. But after you just go through this with the football coaching well, service, you say I, I don't want to do it again. <laughs> that's what I'm just wondering. Like when John Cohen took this job in November of 2016, there's no way that he thought. I will be doing five co- – If I, let's say he wants to move on from Howland. Five coaching searches <laughs> in the first two years and – or I guess three years and two months. There's no way he thought that. And yet that's where we are right this second. So <laughs> everybody be doing – Ben Howland do everybody a favor by just winning on Saturday somehow. We'll see what happens. So, All right. Just think about that. If he did that in the John Cohen – Athletic director tenure. He would have been the athletic director for three different football coaches. Yeah. For two different men's basketball coaches, if it happened that way. And three baseball coaches. And. Canizara, Henderson, and. Yeah. yeah so. Which Henderson's already in state interim. But, but still, yeah, but still. still. So. Wow. Yeah, it is what it is. All right, guys. Tomorrow's show. Rumblings tomorrow. You want to do that again? Um, 
I'm all for it. Let's say this. We'll, we'll, we don't know what's going to happen. We'll take the rumblings, questions. You got questions? We'll, we'll see if we can figure them out. But if a coaching search, if the coaching search ends, that's going to be the focus of the podcast. So send us some questions if you want. We'll figure it out from there. Guys, have a great Thursday. Back with you tomorrow for Joel T. Coleman. Woo. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening. To Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Talk Mississippi Media Production.